Welcome back to Faith FM. I am your host, Blake Pillen, and I am, I'm taking over. I have, it's, a, it's crazy. We're, like you, you might be thinking to ourselves, hey, we're going to do our encounter with God. We're going to do the Sabbath school lesson for this week. No, we're not. We're doing something different, and you can't stop me. But you can try to stop me by texting 0491-064-669. But before you can stop me, I want to first tell you what the question is for the pentathlon quiz. 400 points. What skill did a young slave girl lose when Paul cast a demon from her? Ooh, that's a little bit scary. That's a little bit wild. And you know what else is a little bit scary and a little bit wild? The gift that you're going to get by answering it because it's a mystery book. I'm not even going to tell you what it is. It's a mystery book. If you want to find it out, Answer the question for 400 points. What skill did a young slave girl lose when Paul cast a demon from her? Okay? Text that in to 0491-064-669 here at Faith FM. But I'm taking over. I said it before. I'll say it again. I'm probably going to say it again and again. We are changing up the game. And we are going to talk about some miracle babies. Okay? When you think about miracle babies, you think joy, you think celebration, you think, wow, this is incredible. We got this gift from the Lord. Well, in the Bible, you may or may not know this, there are actually seven very significant miracle babies in scriptures. Now, six of them are in the Old Testament. One is in the New Testament, but prophesied about in the Old Testament which is pretty exciting. Seven is God's perfect number. It's a symbol of completeness. We've got the seven days of creation. We've got the seventh day that is holy. It's hallowed. It's a blessed day of God. In Revelation, we got seven churches. we got seven angels. we got seven seals. we got seven trumpets. we got seven thunders. we got seven plagues. There's so many sevens, just example after example after example, and it is this perfect number that God has uh, for us. In fact, the number seven is found 735 times in the Bible, which... I could be wrong, but sounds like a multiple of seven. I'm just going to pretend that it is uh, because it has to be because seven times five is 35, and then seven times 100 is 700. So 735 is like 107 times? I don't know. I'm not good at math. But there's a lot of multiples there, and I think it's a multiple of seven as well, too. So when we look through the Bible, we're looking at all these miracle babies, right? I want you to understand that the reason they're miraculous births is because they come in circumstances that would otherwise not be possible. Or what we would say, supernaturally possible. They are miracle children where the women are either barren or a virgin at the time that they are conceived. So this is like not normally possible. But because of the Holy Spirit, it is possible. So with man, all th- with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. So here we have an interesting thing is that from each of the other six miracle babies, you learn something about the seventh. Because the seventh baby, you may have guessed, is Jesus. The miracle baby of Jesus. And so we've got six other miracle babies all in the Old Testament and they all point to Jesus. Now, these miracle babies are what we like to call types of 
Jesus, right? So we have, there's type and anti-type, right? So a type is something that is in place of or points to the anti-type, which is the fulfillment of those things. Let me give you an example. When they brought the lamb to the sanctuary to sacrifice uh, for the removal of sin, this was a type of Jesus being the lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Right, So we have all these types of babies in the Bible, and I'm going to read through some of them because I can, and no one can stop me because I'm here in the studio by myself, and I thought, hey, this is cool, and I want to do some Christmas stuff. So uh, and, uh, I want to be clear, you know, Christmas, the 25th of December, there's a whole bunch of history about it, and, and in reality has nothing to do with any biblical date. Um, it's a lot of pagan practices connected with it in, in all reality with the summer equinox or, or the winter equinox in the northern hemisphere um, and a lot of just strange things attached to it. However, it is a time when people are very receptive and open to hearing about the birth of Jesus. And I think it's a prudent and wise for us to take an opportunity, if they're willing to listen to the birth of Jesus, the coming of Jesus the first time, they're more than likely going to be willing to listen about Jesus coming the second time as well too. So take this opportunity, take this season, be bold for Jesus and tell the, tell your neighbors, your coworkers, your friends, your family that Jesus came the first time, right? It wasn't the, it wasn't the 25th of December, but it's nice to look back on that part of the Bible and here is this opportunity to do so, and, and the rest of the world is open to hearing the real reason for the season. Now, the first miracle baby that I want to talk about, we are going to go to Genesis chapter 21. So I'm going to turn there in my Bibles as well, too. If you're listening, I want to encourage you to check it out as well, too. So Genesis, first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 21, and we're going to go to verse 1 to start it out. So here we go. I'm going to read Genesis Chapter 21, verse 1 to 3. Now, before we before we read the Bible, I always like to pray. So I'm going to have a quick word of prayer, and then we're going to keep studying here. So let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to read your scripture. We pray that you would give us wisdom, understanding, and prudence as we try to discern and take away uh, lessons from the word of God. Thank you for this beautiful morning. We pray for a blessing for all of our listeners on Faith FM. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Bible says in Genesis 21, verse 1 to 3, And the Lord visited Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, uh, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac which, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I believe means laughter, literally. So the first miracle baby comes from Genesis chapter 21, verse 1 to 3, and it's this miracle baby of Isaac. Now, here are some really interesting facts that point to Jesus. Because remember, every miracle baby that is a type points to Jesus. And when we read the Old Testament Bible, when we read the stories of the Old Testament, it's really helpful for us to go, how does this relate to Christ, right? So check this out. Isaac was the only true son of Abraham. Jesus was the only begotten son of God. 
Isaac was taken to Mount Moriah as a sacrifice to God to demonstrate the love of a father. Jesus was tried on Mount Moriah and condemned to crucifixion and to be a sacrifice in order to demonstrate the love of our heavenly father. Check that out. Isaac could have drawn on his own power to run from his father's demands for a sacrifice. Jesus could have called on his divine power to run from his father's demands for a sacrifice, but he didn't. Both of them willingly surrendered. Isaac, as a lamb to the slaughter, opened not his mouth. Jesus, in humble submission, went as a lamb to the slaughter and opened not his mouth. Isaac was bound to some wood on the top of a mountain. Jesus was bound to two pieces of wood on the top of a mountain. Abraham called the name of the place where Isaac was tested, Jehovah Jireh. God is my provider. Jesus came and was provided, uh, Jesus came, was provided by God to be salvation to all people, nations, tongues, and tribes. Jehovah Jireh. So this first miracle baby that we can see, Isaac, is a type of Jesus. And we're going to come back with the other miracle babies. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And we are super excited to see all of the engagement today, it's been very, very useful and helpful. I've got a sweet, sweet story coming up here uh, from Raphael. It says, uh, oh, talking about the story. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, great story. The book of Acts uh, became alive. God sent an angel for God. Uh, had these people who had uh, who he wanted in his kingdom. These gifts will be given to all his people in these last days, tongues and healing and more. Let us get ready. Absolutely, Raphael. I totally believe that as well, too. And it was, uh, you know, I got to be honest. I was a little bit skeptical about tongues. I didn't understand it. Didn't I was like, oh, what's going on here? And I think I had that experience because the Lord wanted me to see the re- very real power of the gift of tongues as well, too. So that was absolutely wonderful thing. Um, we also got another one here, uh, that talks about, we, we talked about the, the good news of the rejuvenation of the barrier reef. We've got that gift from God being a beautiful gift there and the plastic waste we talked about earlier as well too. So thank you for sending that in as well. Uh, I believe that is from Jeff, if I'm not mistaken, and we are super thankful for your comments and your connection as well, too. Raphael sent some stuff in about miracle babies. We'll get to that in just a little bit, but I want to actually talk about some miracle babies first, okay? So check out our second miracle baby in Genesis chapter 25. So we're going to the book of Genesis chapter 25. This is miracle baby number two. In our Miracle Baby quest to get to Miracle Baby number seven. But actually, I want to tell you right now, there's an eighth miracle birth that we're going to get to at the very end of the show. So do not forget eighth miracle birth. There's seven miracle babies, but eight miracle births. All right, let's talk about this in just a little bit. Genesis chapter five, verse 20 to 26. The Bible says, starting in verse 20 of chapter 25 of Genesis, starting in verse 20, the Bible says, Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah, his wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padan Aram, the sister of Laban, the Syrian. Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his plea and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, "Ah, all is well. Why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. 
Two peoples shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. Now when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed there were twins in the womb. And the first came out red, he was like a hairy garment all over. So they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel. And so his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when he bore them. So this is the other miracle baby, kind of a double baby miracle action right there, but definitely a miracle birth. Uh, But the miracle baby is really Jacob as the uh, older one ends up serving the younger one. So check this out. Here are the type and anti-type fulfillments of what we're talking about with these miracle babies when it comes to Jacob. So, you know, Rebecca, she's being barren. It's impossible for her to have a baby. And then supernaturally, God comes in and kind of saves the day and and, and really changes the way uh, that the history of Israel goes. This is actually my son's favorite story. He's drawn all these super cute little... Uh, Pictures of the hairy Esau. He's a, he's a red hairy garment. I I don't even know. That'd be wild. Like if you were just like covered in hair as a red garment. That's just so so wild wild time for Esau. But Jacob here, he dreamed of a ladder later on that stretched from earth to heaven. Jesus as the fulfillment of that was a ladder that bridged the gap created by Adam's sin between earth and heaven. Christ connects the weak, feeble humanity with the infinite power of divinity. Jacob worked tirelessly for seven years to secure the marriage of the one he truly loved. Jesus worked tirelessly to secure certainty of the marriage with his dear church. Jacob was a chief shepherd and worked faithfully to feed his sheep, helping the weak and shielding them from his danger. Jesus is called the good shepherd that knows his sheep and laid down his life for his sheep. Jacob wrestled with God and achieved the victory. Jesus in Gethsemane wrestled with God before obtaining the victory for us all. Jacob is the second miracle baby that helps us to see the miracle babies taking place. So we've got two down. We've got four more to go until we get to the final one. Let's check out Genesis chapter 30, verse 22 to 24. So we're going to turn in our Bibles to the right here. You can hear my little, those are my pages. I don't know if you can hear that. I'm going to bring the, the Bible up. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? Listening. Yeah. Awesome. That's me changing the pages. Actually, I was going a little bit a little bit crazy there, but uh, it's okay. Genesis chapter 30, verse 22, and we're going to read to uh, verse 24. The Bible says, Then God remembered Rachel, and God listened to her and opened her womb, and she conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. So she called his name Joseph and said, The Lord shall add to me another son. So Joseph here is the third miracle baby. Now, if you want to talk about type and anti-type, Joseph is one one of the best types of Jesus in the Old Testament. Check this out. Joseph's brothers did not believe him and hated him. Genesis 37. The Jews, Jesus' racial brothers and sisters, so his ethnicity, they didn't believe in Christ, and they hated him. Joseph's brothers conspired against him. Uh, they, They took counsel against Jesus. We see that in Matthew 27. They stripped Joseph of his garments. 
they stripped Jesus of his garments in the end of Matthew 27. Joseph was cast into a pit and then later delivered out of it. When Jesus died, he descended into the lower parts of the earth and later ascended into heaven, it says in Ephesians 4, verse 9. Joseph was sold for silver. Jesus was sold for silver. Joseph's own brothers did not recognize him. The Jews did not recognize their Messiah. Joseph was tempted and did not sin. Jesus was tempted in all things, yet was without sin. Joseph was imprisoned based on false charges. During the trial of Jesus, false witnesses were brought in testifying against him. They were brought in to testify against him. Joseph was bound. Jesus was bound. Matthew 27. Joseph was condemned with the criminals, Pharaoh's butler and baker. Jesus was crucified with two criminals. One criminal was given life and the other was condemned. Jesus told one of the criminals, today you shall be with me in paradise. Luke 23 verse 43. Joseph's brothers bowed their knee to him. At the time of Jesus, every knee will bow. God planned the suffering of Joseph in advance to save many. Jesus said, God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall be saved. Joseph is a type of Jesus. You can see all these examples of Joseph's life and all the examples of Jesus. And I want to I want to especially talk to our younger listeners. I want to encourage you to look at the life of Joseph in how to model your life as well too. Joseph had every reason to give up, every reason to quit, every reason to lose his faith, and yet he determined to follow the Lord come what may. No matter what happened, he decided to follow the Lord. And so I want to encourage you as a young listening group, go out and tell people about the Lord. Go and tell them from the rooftops, from the skyscrapers, from the mountaintops that Jesus has come and he is coming a second time. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. But now, we need some more questions. So we're going on to question of the day. I want you to send in some real doozies, some little curveballs. Send them in here for the old uh, uh, American who's taken over, the, uh, the Northern Hemisphere takeover of the Southern Hemisphere Faith FM. Send me some curveball questions. Text them in to 491 some Christmas curves. We need them. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I want to say a big shout out to Bruce and Victoria called in. Thanks so much for doing that as well. We also got this crazy cool text about uh, what they do. What do Aussies do for Christmas? Well, in Emerald, Queensland, on Christmas Eve, the emergency services do Operation Rudolph, where they drive around town with sirens going and decorate vehicles. And uh, Santa throwing out lollies. Watch your eyes, kids. Protect your eyes. If those lollies come, uh, they can come pretty fast and dangerously. I'm getting a call from Matt Para right now. Shout out to Matt Para. Uh, can't answer right now. Thanks for, for calling in. Uh, but I can't answer right now. Uh, I'm on the radio. So I'll talk to you later, man. Uh, but I am excited for our Miracle Baby study to continue. Are you ready, Magantha? She's giving me thumbs up. She's ready. Matt's missed the call. I apologize to you, Matt. And we are going to continue our study of miracle babies. We're on our fourth miracle baby. And I, you know what? I told Magantha, I said, hey, look, you know what? I'm going to be here tomorrow. 
I'm not going to rush through this. Don't don't try to make me do a sprint when I want to run a marathon. Don't try to force me into some sort of corner here like a, a, a small rat just trying to gnaw his way out to live. No, 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 no. I am going to take my time on Miracle Baby number four. And we're going all the way to Judges chapter 13. Here are the, these are the pages. That's me with the pages. Judges 13. Boom. And we're going to read about our fourth Miracle Baby. <laughs> I like this one. He is a, this one's a tough cookie. You'll, you'll see what I mean. Judges chapter 13, verse 3 to 5. Here we go. Got to get my voice up right there. Verse 3, And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed, now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Now, therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink and not to eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God. From the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. So the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came to me, and his countenance was like the countenance of the angel of God. Very awesome. But I did not ask him where he was from, and he did not tell me his name. Now, if you keep going in that story, you'll find out that this is none other than the mother of Samson. Strongest guy in the whole Bible. Actually, that's a good question. I don't know who's stronger. Samson... Samson's probably like stronger, but Jesus is tougher, you know, because Jesus has like the weight of the sins of the whole world, past, present, future, all on his shoulders. I don't think Samson could have handled that. But Samson was a type of Christ. Let's go through a couple things here to look at. And this is our fourth miracle baby. So Samson, he's chosen before he was born to be a deliverer of Israel, right? He's uh, uh, It's an interesting take here because Samson is not a perfect person by any means. But, hey, newsflash, no one is, for all have fallen short of the glory of God. So when we say a type, it's not like a perfect exact type. Uh, it's, uh, it's a type meaning that Christ is the perfect antitype or fulfillment of. But surely, Samson was definitely a type or a forerunner of Christ. So check this out. So Samson, he's chosen before he was born to be a deliverer of Israel. Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, chosen before he was born as a deliverer of the world. So before either one of them knew it, they had a calling in their lives to be the savior of Israel, to be the one who would deliver Israel from their oppression. Now, Samson, the oppression of the Philistines, but Jesus, the oppression of sin for his people in the world. I just find it super interesting that you know, when you go through the Bible, uh, I think we were, we were talking about this. So this this is a study I was doing with Paul Geelan, uh at our church, and it's just a beautiful study about all these miracle babies. But it reminded me of a story that he he talked about, Doug Batchelor at the Amazing Facts College of Evangelism. Shout out AFCO! Uh, it was happening in the states, and Doug Batchelor basically said, "Ask me any story in the Bible in the Old Testament, and we will." find how it relates to Christ. And they just went to some super obscure stories and started just going going off on all of the ways that it points to Christ. And so I want to encourage you as a reader, uh, when you go through the Bible, especially the Old Testament, think 
how does this story point to Jesus? But as we're talking about miracle babies, there's some very, very real connections that are going on with these miracle babies in the Old Testament. Second thing of Samson here is his conception and birth was announced by an angel to his mother. Sound familiar? Because the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and announced that she would conceive and give birth. Hmm, interesting. Very Christmas right there. Samson was a Nazarite separated by God for a special lifestyle and a special purpose. Jesus was raised in (laughs) Nazareth, hometown of the Nazarites, and was clearly raised with a special lifestyle guided by the Holy Spirit for a special purpose. Samson sought a Gentile bride, a rebellious woman. Jesus came to seek his unfaithful, rebellious bride, planet Earth, and his church. Guess what? You are the representative of that rebellious bride, and yet... Christ loves you anyway, even though you fall short of the glory of God. Um, I just want to say I'm so thankful that that Jesus is so loving and so kind because people like me can get to go to heaven. I don't, I don't deserve it at all. But because of Jesus, I have that opportunity. Samson was mocked and abused at the hands of his captors. Jesus mocked and abused at the hands of his accusers. Samson stretched out his hands and died by doing so. Uh, he actually destroyed the enemy. Jesus stretched out his hands upon the cross and in doing so destroyed the enemy, Satan. Physically, Samson was the strongest man that ever lived. Oh, and here we get to it. Spiritually, Jesus was the strongest man that ever lived. So when we look at the life of Samson, we look at the life of Jesus, and we go back and we also look at Joseph, we look at Jacob, we look at Isaac. We got four miracle babies that really share and show us the types of, of the antitype, which is Jesus, who is the fulfillment of all these types. So I want to challenge you, listeners, go get your Bible, read some stories from the Old Testament, and go, hey, look at the connections to Jesus, because it all points to Jesus and the salvation that he has. So I want to challenge you guys, check that out, and I want to challenge you to text 0491 with your question of the day. Send in some Christmas curveballs that we can do our best to answer on Q of the day. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Welcome back to Faith FM, the American takeover for the day. Uh, it's been a wild time, and we have our question of the day. Question of the day. Yes! Oh, that was good timing. McGanth and I were just like looking each other into each other's eyes, pointing at each other, boom, hit the button, it happened. Question of the day, why was Jesus wrapped in swaddling clothes? First off, great question, McGantha. What is what what is swaddling clothes? You know? So these are like little I've been doing a little research on this actually, because it's it's kind of crazy. But uh by the way, you're listening to Faith FM. I just want to let you know. I don't know if you knew that or not, but I just wanted to tell you while I looked this up. But the the swaddling clothes are a crazy thing, okay? Um, I want to tell you a couple things here. In the ancient times, swaddling clothes are actually mentioned. So they are mentioned in Luke chapter 2, verse 12, where it says uh, he's wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger when the angels are talking to the shepherds. But it's actually a reference to Ezekiel 16, verse 4. And as for thy nativity, in the day that thou wast born, thy navel was not cut, neither wast thou washed in water to supply thee. 
thou wast not salted at all, nor swaddled at all. So this is kind of talking about birthing in the ancient times. And so what would happen is, you know, they would be born, the umbilical cord was cut, then the infant would be washed with water. And this was like a symbolic uh, washing to cleanse them uh, from, you know, being born. It's kind of a wild, wild time for kids. First time in the world, they're, they need to be washed up. But then they're rubbed down with salt, and it's kind of normally it's combined with um, olive oil as well too, and that's to clean and disinfect the child as well too. So salt was actually also added to every offering at the altar of sacrifice in the tabernacle and at the temple. So it's likely that the Israelite mothers saw the salting of their infant as a way to symbolically offer their child to the service of the Lord. I thought that was super interesting. So they rub a little olive oil, you know, Holy Spirit, put a little salt on there, a representation of being an offering to the Lord, kind of like Samuel was. And then they wrap them up in strips of linen or cotton swaddling bands. Now, interesting thing about these swaddling bands or swaddling clothes, they wrap the lambs in this as well too. And so symbolically, as these lambs are taken to uh, to be uh, uh, sacrificed in the tabernacle as well too, Jesus, uh, as, a, as a child, as a baby, he's having this experience where everything that's happening is all symbolic. We talked about the uh, the miracle babies that point to Jesus. Well, even Jesus' birth is a representation of what his life was to be like as well, too. We hear John say, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Well, these swaddling clothes are also kind of a symbol of the fact that he is an offering to the Lord, right? And these... Um, when uh, it says that Jesus would be found laying in a manger to these shepherds, and they would recognize him because he would be laying in a manger with swaddling clothes. Uh, many times you can see, I have this on my street as well too, you can kind of see there's like a guy and a girl, and then there's three three dudes with like crowns and some camels, and then there's a little baby in a basket, and this is the what we call the nativity scene. When Joseph and Mary couldn't find any room in the inn, and Jesus was born. And so this has been kind of the, the scene for Jesus' birth that has uh, shown. Now, the wise men came way later on anyway, but the, the point is this is the reminder of the story. We've got the shepherds. We've got the wise men. They've come over. We've got all the little animals, the moo cows. Uh, everything is there, and it is this reminder of what the reason for the season is all about. And so, I just want to encourage you, as listeners, to understand that the one of the one of the cool things about Jesus being wrapped in swaddling clothes is to point to his purpose in life, which was to be an offering for us on our behalf. So, during the Christmas season, as you guys get prepared, we're just a few days away from Christmas Eve and and Christmas Day. As you prepare for Christmas, just remember that this is an opportunity for you to share the gospel of Jesus with others. Don't let this time slip by wasted on just gifts and trees and lights and all of that, all the glamour and the glitz of Christmas. Use the time wisely to tell your coworkers, family, and friends, Jesus is coming soon. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It's the morning, the sun is shining, it's beautiful, and we're glad that you're part of the show this morning. It's a gift. Yeah, 
That's what we're talking about, gifts today. And the gift that we have to give to you is by my guy, Clifford Goldstein. He says, What's, what God's gift of the Sabbath can mean to you? A pause for peace. We got this book. It looks really, really good, actually. And it can be yours for free. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do a handstand. You don't have to do a cartwheel. You don't have to jump off of a bridge. You can literally just text the number 0491-064-669. And you can literally get a pause for peace. I, I, Clifford Goldstein is actually one of my favorite authors. And I really encourage you to check this out. We are pumped for this book. Uh, it looks really good. The cover is actually very peaceful as well, too, which makes sense. Pause for peace. But get the gift of Sabbath. Understand what it is. Give it to someone if you already know about it. But read it for yourself and learn how much God wants to spend time with you because he loves you. And he loves spending time with you. So take a pause for peace by Clifford Goldstein. Text in 0491-064-669. You can get this uh, free gift. Or you can call Magantha as well, too. She's She wants you to call. I'm looking at her right now. She's laughing. She wants you to call her right now for this book. And you can get it for free. You don't have to do anything at all other than just call or text that number. I think you should call, honestly, right now. Just stop what you're doing. Pick up the phone. Give Magantha a call and let her know. That you care. Wish her a Merry Christmas, and we'll give you a pause for peace by Clifford Goldstein. It's been an absolute blast today. It's been very, very scary, but we made it. So talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.